Hi, I'm Mel Binion, the executive producer of Question Everything. And before that, I was always a music producer. With this series, we're going to look into the strenuous process of creating music, songwriting, arranging, tracking, editing, mixing, and most importantly, mastering all help turn a single idea into a Grammy-winning song. This is the element of music with Abby Styling. This is Elemental. How are you doing today? Hey, Mel, I'm doing great. How oh, are you? So, oh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, awesome. Glad we were finally able to do this. Uh, I tell everyone that like, I work with so many musicians that I'm not able to sit down and talk to or like have a regular conversation with because it's just work, work, work. So I'm, I'm glad that you're one of the collaborators that I can actually sit down and talk to right now. Yes. It's been a long time coming. I'm so, so excited. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was interesting because I was trying to remember how I first met you. And it was, mm -hmm. I, I think that one of my, uh, one of my coworkers when I worked in the restaurant industry was always telling me like, you got to check out this uh, violinist. It was like, you'll really love her. So it was like, I went in, typed the name on Google and, and she originally told me like, check out Lindsey Sterling, but I typed <laughs> in the name wrong. And are you serious? <laughs> yeah. So I like, I never wrote, I never wrote anything down. So I just remembered the last name Sterling, but I, I typed your last name in. It was like, I didn't realize she was from St. Louis. So I was just started following you. Oh my goodness. Until that I is amazing. Two different people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? Oh yeah. Do you have that happen Sterling. a lot? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually that's a pretty common um, pronunciation of my last name. It's styling, okay. but a lot of people accidentally say Sterling, a little more familiar. So that's so funny. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. So do you want to just jump straight into it? Yeah. All right. Uh, the first question I ask everybody is, how do you define creativity? Yeah. That is such a broad question. And I, I would have to say, like, creativity... Um, Creativity for me, I think, is really tapping into that that truest, authentic self. And I think, you know, it can happen in many different forms, but like musically, for me, it takes like a lot of time and space and just to really connect with with that part of yourself that um you know, that has that expression that you want to put into the world and hopefully it's something unique and uh yeah i tried to answer it myself so i didn't know how to answer it but everyone's coming up with better answers than i i had so <laughs> nice and um how exactly did you get started in music you're a violinist and yeah uh, get started well, I've been playing, like my whole family plays music. And so it's just been a part of my family culture for ever. And my mom's a violinist and she's a, a lifetime educator. And um, so I, she started me off when I was little, like four. And then I didn't really have the attention span until I was about nine. And then I haven't stopped since then. So been playing ever since about nine and um 
classicals like where I started with the violin. It's kind of a a beast to get in tune and get your technique together. I think you know most of us have to really work hard in that um, in that department. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then from there, like branching off into other genres, you know, around high school. And um, my stepdad was a big influence with that. Um, was he a musician it, as well? Yeah, yeah. He played in a lot of different bands, and he played like piano and. He played violin as well, but just in the fiddle side. So he introduced me to people like um, Jean-Luc Ponty and Stefan Grappelli and Stuff Smith and just people uh, who played music that was not classical. And yeah, yeah, started playing in bands and like trying to transcribe that kind of music. And then that led me to to Webster University, where I I got my degree in jazz performance, actually. Jesus, everyone went to Webster. <laughs> just, just finding this out, like every single person I've met and started working with went to Webster. Really? Like did, yeah. Yeah. I went there for my uh, master's, but it was in uh, advertising and marketing. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was like I was always on the business side, but like I know uh, Justin Fisher <laughs> was a professor there at the time. Larry Morris is, was in one of my class. So it was yeah, it's it's really cool. Like around St. Louis, a lot of the musicians that I went to school with are still like just making it happen. You know, not just in St. Louis, but around the country. A lot of people have moved even um, beyond. You know, and just a lot of the people that we were in school together are still like digging in deep with their careers in music. So it's, it's really it's neat to see that. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I studied with Paul DeMarinas there. I played, um, he, he's a saxophonist, but I, so I did technique with the violin teacher, Joe Kaminsky and improvisation with Paul. And then uh, eventually I, I moved to Nashville. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a fun town. Like yeah. I, went, I visit there uh, 2007. Originally thought I okay. was going to move there right after my bachelor's, but it was like, I don't know. I was I was originally going to go to like William Morris agency, still be on the business side of things, but uh -huh. I still love the vibe of everywhere, like Broadway, every bar, like yeah. three three <laughs> bands performing. Yep, twelve hours a day. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so how long did you stay there? I was there just a couple of years. I I was um, doing a master's program at Belmont, and. Um, I just like did everything you could there. Like, I was going to school and, and playing and working in retail. I was teaching and like, it was uh, a little bit of a burnout, <laughs> you know, but it, it was great. I learned a lot while I was there, um, but I moved back home to be closer to family. And yeah, let's see. Oh, I was, uh, before I moved, I joined a band called Pavlov's Dog. So that's been like one of the bands I've been playing with. Oh, okay. Since about 2008, and it's a group I tour with. They're from the 70s and uh, play progressive rock. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. When you returned, did you did you just split your time between working, like playing with the band and composing, or yeah, how was so it like when you returned? When I returned, like I, I was splitting time between Nashville 
still in St. Louis. Like I had made a lot of contacts at the time. So I was really a performer at that time, prim primarily. And I, um, it took a little bit of time when I came back to just start writing again. I was writing with my band, um, Stizilo. And then when I came back, we kind of changed gears and then we became common time. We had a new drummer and, um, and it, it was a really wonderful group that we like just, it was a jazz fusion four piece and we never really made a lot of traction performing, but we did get to record a lot and just kind of um, hone, hone writing skills with that group. And um, let's see, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway, writing. So yeah. at, at, like, that's where the writing came from for me. And then, and then during the pandemic, it's really when things started picking up because nobody could perform anymore, you oh, know, yeah. at least for a time. And that's when we met. Yeah. You, you, know. you re reached out to you for the uh, composition on medicine uh, by Ashley. Yeah. You know, writing started to become a lot more prominent part of my, my work something I could do at home. I didn't have to leave. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pandemic made everything a little bit easier for all of us. Yes. A little harder and a little harder. Easier. Just a lot of transition. Right. And, yeah. you know, getting the home studio set up all of a sudden and <laughs> it, yeah, there were some good things that came out of the pandemic for sure. Oh, okay. I know you mentioned a couple of influences. Did you have like any, influences from either going to Webster or like any jazz artist that influenced your work going forward when you returned from Nashville? Um, you know, the one artist that's just always been really impactful to me is Jean-Luc Ponty, jazz fusion violinist. Okay. Like ever, ever, you know, just throughout my whole, whole life really. And, and returned to forever. And just that kind of that style of jazz fusion, um, you know, continues to, to influence what I, what I do, what I play, my sound, what I write. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So you transitioned from more of classical to more of the jazz feel, jazz yeah. fusion. Yeah. Definitely. I've, well, if you can go back, uh, would you give yourself any advice, like when you first started out your career as a violinist or started it off as a kid? Like, what, yeah. would you do anything differently? I, yeah, that, that's, I would just say like um, having lots of patience is, patience is a virtue <laughs> that, <laughs> You know, and, and being diligent, and that's something I feel like I, I did really, I was diligent, but to have the the confidence that good things would come or, you know, to stick and keeping your head down to the grindstone and uh, having that patience and knowing that a lot of, a lot of the dreams that you will have, like, you don't even know that you're going to, um, they're bigger than you even think at the time oh, absolutely yeah you can imagine and things that things change and that's okay and just to have that patience and grace because everyone wants the final big step but they never take the little small steps to get there yeah yeah all those twists and turns yeah 
And that's like kind of like I'm I'm going back now is because like I never I never studied engineering at all. So it's like I'm going back trying to learn as much as I can about engineering. Yes. You know, because that's only going to help like when I'm producing a song. Like Yes. Even like when I uh it's gonna take me a long time to get the string artist to learn just the vocabulary alone. Right, just, right. Yeah, rough. But it's just like giving yourself patience to to know you have to you have to follow certain steps and learn things. Yeah, and that's only going to make the bigger picture, you know, become much more of what you intended to be. I guess. Yes, I you know I wish I I had learned a little bit more about engineering back in in at that time and like using using computers like like uh programs like ableton or cubase or anything like that where you're actually writing in that um program yeah. in midi that would have been that is something i'm currently you know working on and working towards because that's a whole language of its own and it's just something i'm unfamiliar with and wish i had been introduced to it earlier i guess but we'll take the first break right here and okay. uh, pause just in case there are uh, sponsors, but there won't be. So we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I just want to find out more about your process of songwriting. When you have a first thought, uh, what do you do after that? first thought, initial thought. Mm hmm Okay. So it, if I'm like writing for myself, I'm writing a song for me, I, I usually need like a ton of time and space <laughs> just, <laughs> just to sit with it, you know, and be in that like creative zone, like to tap into the creativity, like we started talking about at the beginning there. Um, just, like a space, like an open field. No, or? like it can be in my house, but just like <laughs> away, away from my children, away from like other people, just a quiet room, and just like to let, let it, let the expectations melt away. I think that's that's part of it too. It's just, and a lot of times I'm writing at the piano because it's not my primary instrument. Yeah. And I don't have an expectation of myself or what it should sound like, which is just great. It's very free. You know, when I play violin, it's like I, I have certain patterns or cliches that you just fall back on or, or key centers that you like. But piano oh, yeah. to me is like like a playground, like I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing and it's great. I mean, I know, I know, <laughs> I know my way around, but it, I don't care what I sound like. Yeah. I can do what I want. <laughs> there you go. So, so it's um so anyway, I will like do a lot of improvisation at first. Even if I have that initial idea, like an initial motive or chord structure, I will try to just change it a, a lot of different ways or um if it's a melody, try to do it with a different rhythm, a bunch of different rhythms, you know do it with an interval that's ascending, start with an interval that's descending, just to see if that initial idea is really what I wanted or if there's something better I can develop it into. 
And a lot of those um, iterations I come up with, like maybe I'll use later on in the song, or sometimes they become like a different a different song altogether, or like a background part. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because because so. I remember it's like the amount of stuff you compose for medicine <laughs> that didn't make it into the actual song. Like I can, yeah, I can literally put, I can make a new song out of it. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because the uh, <laughs> the original intro, the original intro was like is was completely different. So yeah, sometimes I write too much, and I'm like, there's just a million ideas here, and it's okay yeah. just to be simple. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> sometimes I really have to like step away and listen to it, and like ask myself, you know, is that is that a whole different idea you've got going on, or is you know. Oh, yeah. Is it worth developing into an, a different song? Um, yeah, stepping away and listening back or like listening to your own improvisations is something I do a lot too. Just like have that voice recorder on your phone, like sitting in your car, just like humming a melody, coming back to it. And Yeah, I do that a lot. It was like with one of the songs that I'm coming out with next that I may still need your help on. Yeah. But uh and we talked about it earlier on the podcast with uh, Alexia Ann is the singer. Nice. It's called the the one you lose, and like it sounds perfect with uh, Lola Christine did the piano, and then uh, Paul Reddo did guitar acoustic guitar on it, and then uh -huh. we just had uh, Bjorn come in with the cello. Nice. But then after that, like I just started adding drums and and bass and everything it was like like it really didn't need all of that like it's just like the basic bare bones with the three instruments and her voice just sounded perfect the way it is so sometimes like you gotta know when you yeah. need to reel it in <laughs> yes <laughs> now that's interesting like that's to me like that that's the recording process right and like that you're re referencing like yeah and so like when I'm in the writing writing zone, it's just like just me, it's just my world. Like, you know, I can be as elaborate or whatever as I want. And then when I go into the recording, it's like I, I have to step back and be like, um, yeah, is that too much? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a whole like redoing that same process just in a different, a different level. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh Anything that you, any practices that you need to implement as a violinist? Because I know it's different for vocalists or anything that, is there for anything like, you go into for like violin, like as a violinist, you go into the recording studio uh, that you have to be aware of, like when you're recording or tracking? Um, On a technical level, like I, try to make sure my strings aren't dead like <laughs> you know make sure i like them broken in but kind of kind of fresh um and violinists don't change their strings that frequently it's not not like guitar and that's not always a common knowledge thing it's um it's like oh it's like christmas day when you when you finally change your strings on a stringed <laughs> instrument because it's it's not that frequent so I, I like to have fresh strings if it's something i'm really really going to play a lot on or something that's really special or um yeah and literally being warmed up that's 
um, really important to me, like having my body physically be warm is the, I play the best for sure. And the instrument sounds best. I know this is, this is a very specific violinist thing, maybe string players, but like the humidity in the room is important too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like if it's too dry, it's just stringed instruments don't sound as rich. It's interesting. Um, yeah. Is it like physically taxing, like having a instrument like that? Cause I never even tried to hold a violin. No, I mean, once you, you have the right posture, which takes a good minute to get, you know, it's not, it's balanced on your shoulder and your jaw. So this hand is like pretty free. Okay. Yeah. And tracking. And are you involved in any of the mixing or mastering process of your songs when you're working on them? Or are you with more my yeah. With with my projects, like my music, I'm definitely involved in the mixing and um not so much the mastering, honestly, but the mixing for sure. Okay. So when do you know that a song is done? Oh, when do you know a song's done? Um, I, f I feel like I have to listen to it a ton and then just completely leave it <laughs> for a day or two and then listen to it fresh again. Um, and I listen to it in my car. I listen to it on like on my phone. I listen to it on my my computer. Just all kinds of speakers. And I have um, you know my my inner circle listen to it alongside with their music. Like you know, does it? How does it feel? And yeah, I'm not sure. I have an exact answer when I know it's done. But just it, when it has that that special it's just something. a feeling, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And does that change when you're composing for someone else as, as opposed to your own music? Definitely. Like if I'm adding string parts, I've like since the pandemic, I've written been asked to write for a lot of, um, a lot of artists, like just the string parts or just the violin parts or like a quartet. And, um, that is mostly done for me, like in my own studio using Sibelius. And I think it's very different because when, when you go into the studio, I feel like this is the artist's project and it's up to them to like, you know, do it the justice that they, how they feel in their tune and give them total freedom with that. But okay. I like, I like to know that the, I have a solid beginning and a solid end that has like a strong melody. Melody is really important to me, my ears. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yes, that's all the questions I have for you right now. We'll take right. another break. So, sounds good. All right, I have a few more questions for you and and we're done. Uh quick question. Yeah. What is your favorite genre? Oh, my favorite genre currently <laughs> currently i think currently. film score film score i'm way oh, into yes. film score there's so much variety 
I oh absolutely, I'm, I'm so deep in right now, but <laughs> I listen to film scores like while I'm driving down the 405 and it's just the most <laughs> epic thing ever. Yes. <laughs> like, especially like, I love trailer music, like, like, uh, Ballad of Sunbirds and uh, Snakes, their first trailer. That song has been on blast on the 405 like every single day. Oh my goodness. That is awesome. Yeah. I love it. It just, it paints a picture and um, my sons love it. Like they just love like, you know, making up dances and it's just, it's so fun. So yeah, currently film score. <laughs> nice. What's your favorite song? Currently? Oh boy. My favorite song. Oh gosh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to check my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to come back. I don't even know. All right. Uh favorite artist. Hmm. Favorite artist. I am going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm listening to a lot. These are the tough, hard hitting questions. I know what is going on. <laughs> What's my problem? Oh, yes. Steven Wilson. Steven Wilson. Yes. Currently Steven Wilson. Like he's amazing. Love it. Um, FM, another band I've been listening to a lot. It's like an older progressive rock band from Canada. Violin okay. led. Yeah, it's a band I'm into right now. So, okay, favorite favorite song currently is Drive Home, Stephen Wilson. I didn't ask that, but okay. I'll take that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, that was the next song, favorite current song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you wanted current favorite song like ever? Uh both. <laughs> Both. Okay. Like I'll go back to Jean-Luc Ponzi, like cosmic messenger. Yes. Okay. All right. And, uh, what next do you have coming up for you? Um, the next, the next thing I'm doing is releasing all this music that I, I've been uh, recording the last year. I, I wrote, um, music for a live circus production that happened in September and, um, I received a grant to do so, so uh, it was really fueled by that. And now I get to release it into the world. And so um, hopefully I, I'm going to be in a collaboration again, writing a grant to to have the next project for 24. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And just tell everyone how they can find you. Uh, Abby Styling. I'm on Instagram. It's just Abby Styling. All right. Yeah. And thank you once again for coming out. Uh, it was a pleasure hearing from you and knowing a little bit more about your story. Yes. Thanks for having me. Abby Styling. It has been a pleasure. And this has been Elemental with yours truly, Mel Binion, a.k.a. Amelio. Be sure to follow the podcast, like and subscribe, and tune in next time when we go deeper into the elements of music with another guest. This is a classic with a tactical infusion of evolution by the maestro, the icon, 